Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants with me Lauren and me Graham and we're dad and daughter reflecting on a lot of the English football leagues this weekend and all the matches that have taken place quite a lot of midweek matches as well that took place and might end up mentioning some of those results but like we said a busy busy weekend of fixtures and I'm going to round up Premiership and League One. And Dad, what are you going to be rounding up? Uh, a Championship, League Two and a little bit of National League as well. Nice. So I'm going to start off by mentioning the Premier League. Now, you're going to have to bear with me. I'm mentioning quite a few matches for the Premier League. But it just seems at the moment that a lot of results seem to be pivotal in a lot of teams' uh, positioning within the league so far. So the first match I wanted to mention was Everton versus Newcastle. A 2-0 away win for Newcastle. It was a great win, obviously, after they've lost their last five Premier League games. Their first win in 12 games. Steve Bruce is coming under a fair bit of pressure at the moment. So, yeah, a brilliant result from them. 4-4-2 formation seemed to work really well, actually. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I actually did mention the fact that I haven't been too impressed with their performances at the moment. But I think it definitely seemed to work well putting Ryan Fraser in and dropping Andy Carroll down onto the bench. Obviously, no to be Ryan Fraser and um, Callum Wilson used to play at Bournemouth. So there seems to be that link between them already. Um, And obviously, Wilson got the double. Everton sit down to seventh and Newcastle now eight points off the drop zone. Thinking Newcastle going to be fine this season, not going to go down? Uh, Yeah, they should be okay. You'd think so. It's a really good result for the Magpies. And then we have Man City versus Sheffield United. I mean, you expected City to win going on the form. This is their 12th successive victory now. Um, but notably, if you look, he wasn't starting. De Bruyne, Aguero, and then Sterling and Mares are both on the bench. Didn't need to be used. I think he only used one substitute, Guardiola. Another clean sheet, top of the table. Three points in a game in hand on Man U. Sheffield United are now 10 points off Brighton and safety. And they've got a big match midweek uh, against West Brom on Tuesday. So another just decisive clinical victory for City. And then another 1-0 victory, but this time it was for Palace against Wolves. Not really the best match. I think two teams obviously out of form. Um, but overall, it was a great strike from Eze to win the match. Palace, that was their first win in nine matches. And Wolves only won one in 11 league matches without Jimenez. Um, that just says it all, really. And Wolves are on 23 points. Palace are on 26 points. They seem to have signed another striker in the January transfer window, but it, they seem to be missing Jimenez, don't they? Oh, yeah, definitely. And then also another one win away win this time to Villa at Southampton. It was just the Ross Barkley's goal that got the three points. Villa back to winning ways after losing to Burnley midweek. It was, they struggled the first half, but they kept pushing on. And Southampton, that's their third Premier League loss on the bounce now. Just seem to be struggling to score. And when they do score, it's normally early on and they struggle to hold on to a lead. Um, so I suppose people like Ings, Shea Adams, Ward Price, there's a lot of goals when you look at their team sheet, but just at the moment, not seem to be scoring too many. Villa doing fantastic on 32 points and Southampton 29 points. And they have actually played one more than Villa. And then on Sunday, you had Chelsea against Burnley, a convincing 2-0 win for Chelsea and notably Thomas Tuchel's first victory as manager. Um, quite interesting, Aspilicueta and Alonso got the goals to regular... Well, Alonso's not been starting many, but two uh, players that have been with Chelsea for a long time. So we talk about the young players and the players they've brought in, but actually two that have been in the team for a long time. And then you've also got Leicester against Leeds, 
3-1 to Leeds away, obviously, at the King Power Stadium. Brilliant team performance, probably a bit more controlled than they have been in the past. Seemed to just stick with it a little bit more in the second half and didn't look too uh, erratic what they sometimes have in the past. Bamford played fantastically, two assists and a goal. And uh, Leicester seem to be missing Vardy and now they're four points off City. But it's good to see Leeds back to winning ways. And last match, just to mention, was a fantastic 1-0 win for Brighton at home to Tottenham. And Graham Potter himself actually said he thought they produced their best performance for two years. And they've now gone seven points clear of the bottom three. And you know what? Brighton actually have been playing some good football, but just seem to be struggling to score goals. Yes, obviously they didn't score lots of goals, but 1-0 was all they needed. Kept a clean sheet. I think Spurs, it just kind of sums up their season so far. Quite up and down. That's back-to-back losses for Tottenham now. Seem to definitely be missing Harry Kane. I suppose it's good good to challenge them and see how they face the next few matches without Kane. But overall, a fantastic result for Brighton. And you could say it's been coming with some of their performances that they've had of late. They just haven't seemed to be closing out the matches or just getting those vital goals. That's a lot of matches I've had to round up. Any particular standout for you in the Premier League? Uh, yeah, I think Leeds... Leeds at Leicester played brilliant. I mean, Leicester are a good team and uh, missing Vardy, same as uh, Wolves missing him and as I think Leicester missing Vardy. Yeah, definitely. So that's Roundup from the Premier League. <laughs> then I've got uh, some championship. I've got one from midweek to look at, which is uh, Middlesbrough-Rotherham. Uh, Middlesbrough challenging to try and get in the playoffs and Rotherham trying to drag themselves out of the bottom three. Middlesbrough have been in strange form recently. And this was their fourth defeat in six matches rather than beating them 3-0. Goals from Crooks, Smith and Giles, that gave them back-to-back wins. 14 shots on target, sorry, 14 shots in the match from Middlesbrough, only one on target. Rotherham a lot more clinical, 11 shots, six on target. So a brilliant midweek win for Rotherham. On one of the weekends, Brentford, Wickham Wanderers, one from the top end versus bottom end. Went the way you would expect, but it's 2-2 at half-time. Exciting first half, 2-2. Wickham, one win in 14. Brentford managed to uh, absolutely smash them in the second half. So they won 7-2 in the end, got five goals in the second half. Uh, won 7-2, that's 18 games unbeaten now for Brentford. 13 shots on target. I mean, they uh, absolutely had a fantastic uh, afternoon. And now third, they've got the best goal difference in the top six. Plus 21, they've now scored the most goals in the division, taking Blackburn, uh, overtaken Blackburn for that. Uh, and Wickham, 11 points adrift of the safety with a minus 24 goal difference. Wow, so crazy. those two teams heading in different directions by the looks of it. And then the last one really back to Rotherham, actually. So Rotherham uh, yesterday, after their brilliant win at Middlesbrough, took on Swansea at home and at Swansea won 3-1. So goal for Houlihan. Uh, in fact, um, the three goals for Swansea all came from midweek. That's uh, from midfield, rather. Hurahan on loan from Villa. I think that's a brilliant signing, probably. Yeah, yeah. Hard-working midfielder. I say he got a goal yesterday. Swansea up to second, looking really strong. Head coach Steve Cooper, 41 years old. Interesting, he's, he's been a manager for Wrexham Youth, Liverpool Youth, England under-16, England under-17. And then Swansea. So young teams. Yeah, so and then he's at Swansea. So, uh, but he's doing a good job there. Swansea three one at Rotherham. Time for a rant. 
And um, well, since we did the podcast last week, I think only within the next 24 hours was when they announced Frank Lampard's dismissal. And I suppose my rant is based around the fact that Chelsea as a whole, I suppose the structure works for them, but no manager seems to really last more than 18 months at Chelsea. And for me, I think, yes, this was the the worst spell that Lampard had had as a coach with Chelsea. But then you look at Solskjaer, Arteta, even Hassan Hootel. I know Southampton tonight be doing amazing at the moment, but when they got thrashed 9-0, a lot of people thought he should go. I think those are good cases of where managers seem to, if you give them a bit of time and don't put so much pressure on them, that they can eventually get the results out. So for me, I think Lampard was dismissed too early. Uh, it wasn't a shock for a lot of pundits and people know that that's what Abraham seems to do. He doesn't, you know, he already obviously had Thomas Tuchel waiting because within 48 hours of sacking Lampard, he'd already got him in. Where do you stand with it? Do you think it was too early? Is it just predictable Chelsea? And they've been successful by chucking in and out managers here and there. Yeah, I think you can't, I mean, you can't say it's acceptable. It's, it's you know, it's not very long. It's one bad run. Uh, but yeah, it's no surprise. I think uh, nobody was surprised at all. That's exactly what would happen. Do you think it was a case of Lampard put the pressure on himself by spending so much money in the summer? I'm not sure he had the choice with all the money that he spent anyway, whether that was him or whether he was pushed to spend it. It's, I think he'd probably got sacked if he didn't spend the money, you know what it's like. Yeah, so now Tuchel's the 10th manager in 10 years for Chelsea. What next for Lampard, do you reckon? Uh, I think Palace, actually. I think, uh, okay. I think he might... Will they be able uh, to afford it? Uh, yeah, I don't think Roy Hodgson's cheap. He used to manage England and Liverpool. True, true. So maybe, uh, I think if Roy was to move aside, he's 70-odd, it'd be a great job. Stay in the capital as well. Yeah, yeah, true. So, yeah, I just think it's a bit bit unfair, but hopefully he'll go on to good things, Frank Lampard, because I rate him. I think he's a good manager. Yeah, so what's your rant? Mine's uh, free kicks. Well, not so much free kicks, but the walls at free kicks. Right. Uh, it's just all a bit weird, isn't it? So, I mean, what you'd do, you'd stand there, you'd uh, protect your protectable bits and then you'd right. jump jump if it went up or you'd stand still if it went down but there's this habit now it's i think we've had one or two free kicks where they've snuck it under the i think it was de bruyne, was de bruyne it? Yeah. snuck it under the wall so now every flipping free kick um you've got somebody kneeling crouching i mean they don't lie down there was one the other day where he was just sort of stood on his knees and you think well why would in somebody hit the ball you know, it's only one, he's got one leg virtually that's in the way. It's just, yeah. it just beggared belief that you got four or five people stood there and somebody crouching behind. And the key, I think it had confused the keeper. Oh, I, I love think. it. I think it's funny watching professional footballers just suddenly have a lie down in the middle of a match. It's, well, they don't even lie down most Some of them sort, do. Well, not many. They sort <laughs> of kneel and I don't know what they do. One doing. of them had his back to the ball. So literally he was facing the goalie and it was lying down. Well, it's just weird, isn't it? All because of one flipping or one or two free kicks. So, yeah, that's my rant. Stand okay. up and stand up and be counted. What happens if they all jump and it goes under like De Bruyne? Well, the keeper will save it, hopefully. Oh, okay. Into League One. And a really good result, actually, for Doncaster Rovers. It sounds like a very interesting match. Just the 1-0 away win at Lincoln. Going into the match, it was first in the table versus third. And yeah, great win for Doncaster. Four wins on the bounce for them and Darren Moore's team. 
Lincoln were undefeated in seven going into the match, so it was always going to be a really tight one. But interestingly, Ellery Balkan, the goalie for Doncaster, they saved two penalties. George Grant and Anthony Sally both missing from the spot for Lincoln. So, I mean, they did very well to get the win, Doncaster, but it sounds like Lincoln should have at least got a point from the match. Lincoln stay in second, um, but Doncaster are three points behind with two games in hand. So that was almost a bit of a six-pointer there at the top of the table. And then Bristol Rovers versus Rochdale. Battle, obviously, to avoid relegation with those teams. And Rochdale came out on top with a 2-1 away win. Double from Alex Newby ended Rochdale's seven-match winless run in League One. Bristol Rovers, they've also had a terrible run. They've not won now in the last seven games in all competitions. And Rochdale now, as a result of that win, move ahead of them of Bristol Rovers by three points. But Rovers do have two games in hand. And then top of the table, Hull City, back to uh, winning ways against Swindon, 1-0. Return back to the top of the table. Greg Doherty's, it was only a fifth-minute goal, but that was enough to seal the deal. More pressure on John Sheridan and Swindon. Just one win now in 11 games. Deep in relegation trouble, third from bottom. And the teams around them as well, some of them do have games in hand. So hold back to the top of the table. And then last one, just to mention Shrewsbury against Peterborough. Good 2-0 win for Shrewsbury. Two goals from Loney Harry Chapman from Blackburn Rovers. We've watched him a couple of times at Ewood and he's always looked like a good player, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, looks, he's never quite got there for Blackburn, but he's obviously dropped a division and seems to be doing really well. And yeah, that ends Peterborough's nine-match unbeaten run as well. So they were going in with a lot of form. Shrewsbury now moved five points clear of the drop zone. So a big result for them. And Peterborough slipped further away so to automatic spots. They're now five points off Lincoln. But, you know, still up there towards the top of the table. So that's my roundup from League One. Uh, League Two, there's a local, could have called it, I guess you'd call it a local derby, Oldham versus Salford. Close match, actually. It sounded like a really interesting match. Uh, Salford hit the woodwork three times but lost to a 92nd minute winner, 2-1, Davis Keeler Dunn. He's a 23-year-old midfielder, English lad, played for Ross County, Wrexham, uh, 19 games for Oldham, and he's got four goals now, so he'd be uh, one to watch. In the game, there were 29 shots, 10 on target, 12 corners, so quite an attacking match. Oldham have been up and down a bit, but the 13th now, uh, and Salford have dropped to 8th, having been there or thereabouts for playoffs. In fact, Oldham are only four points behind Salford now, so we're starting to catch them up. So, well done, Oldham. Um, another sort of northwest match, Morecambe versus Tramier. Uh, Morecambe nil, Tramier one. Jan Songo got sent off in the 45th minute for Morecambe. Uh, so you'd expect Tramier to go on and win, and they did 1-0 with a Kane Woolery goal. They had 73% possession, Tramier, so they bossed the game, uh, and they leapfrogged uh, Morecambe into fifth place. Uh, so Morecambe are sixth and Tramia fifth. Interestingly, I was reading my uh, Kevin Day Who Are You book and Morecambe, I was quite surprised, Morecambe's big rivals are Accrington Stanley. Accrington. Uh, which I thought, I mean, it's not exactly local. I thought Morecambe would be Blackpool or Fleetwood. Well, they're kind of Lancashire. Yeah. So I don't know, it's not not on the doorstep. But anyway, there you go. So Morecambe nil, Tramia one. Last one in the um, uh, League Two. Bottom of the table, clash, Grimsby versus Stevenage. And Grimsby lost 2-1. Stevenage, uh, interesting because it was 1-0 at half-time to Stevenage. Then the game exploded in the uh, in added on time with Payne getting an equaliser for Grimsby. But no sooner as he'd done that in the 93rd minute, then Stevens scored for Stevenage in the 95th minute. Grimsby looking a bit grim. 
21 points from 26 games. Stevenage starting to get a bit better, 25 from 24. So four points ahead of Grimsby now with two games in hand. So, um, yeah, looking tough for Grimsby. And then just a real quick look at the National League. Hartlepool-Sutton, that was a big match. Hartlepool moved above Sutton in the league up to second with a 1-0 win. Sutton now fourth uh, behind. Level points with Stockport who moved up to third. So that's a great win for Hartlepool. And then finally a six-goal thriller. A couple of teams looking to get into the playoffs, National League playoffs. Halifax three, Maidenhead three. And that takes them. Halifax are eighth and Maidenhead sixth. That one at the Shea, very exciting match. I went to the Shea, ooh, back in the 70s. I'm not sure if it's changed much, but um, it was uh, it was a tasty old ground in those days. So <laughs> I'd love to go back there. Yeah, Halifax three, Maidenhead three, brilliant. Right, rave time. This is where we pick out something that we want to celebrate in football, maybe from the season or from this week. And I just, it's a bit of a one that probably doesn't get mentioned enough, I don't think, in in football. I was just celebrating the whole concept of loan moves. And we've mentioned Hurahan from Villa to Swansea, was it? And then Harry Chapman from Blackburn to Shrewsbury. To Shrewsbury. And I suppose, you know, for a lot of these clubs that probably can't afford to make too many transfers, having people come in and out on loan is just a great opportunity to freshen up the players that you've got, to get those players like Harry Chapman that weren't really starting for Rovers, go get them a bit more match experience, get more match time and then come back into the team. Who was it that we had? Was it Dolan from Blackburn Rovers? Is he a from Preston? Uh, it was on... Uh, no, he signed, they signed, signed him. Yeah, they signed him full-time, I think. Yeah, so it gives... Because when people go on loan, right, they have the option potentially to sign them once they finish their loan spell. Yeah, I think Armstrong was a loanee then yeah. signed and he's now top scorer in that division, yeah, so... Yeah, so I suppose I'm just celebrating the fact that we don't have to pay a lot of money to necessarily get all the players, especially from the championship down. I think loan moves can be vital for some teams um, for their season. So, yeah, you don't have to spend too much money to get some results come in, for example, like Shrewsbury and yeah, Harry no, Chapman. I agree. Very good. Uh, my uh, rave is just a quick one, actually, about Sheffield United and just, uh, you know, they've had a couple of good results and starting to um, just have a bit of hope, really. And uh, I think it's good that teams don't give up. You know, they could uh, pack up and go home and get rid of Wilder and think, well, it's not worth bothering. But yeah. Uh, they've got lots of points to play for. They've still got, I don't know, 40-odd points to play for. So, um, beat well Man U, didn't they? Beat yeah, Man U midweek. Beat Man U. Fantastic win for them away. So, yeah, they're giving it a go and why not? So, um, my rave, Sheffield United, go on, keep going. Keep going, the Blades. Barnet of the week. Go on, you go first. Who's getting your barnet this week? Well, mine's very controversial. I'm not sure what oh. it looks like even, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, but my barnet of the week is Joe Linton, Newcastle. Who, um, oh, is he still there? Yeah, he is. Uh, he's famously, famously for all the wrong oh, reasons. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, had his hair cut when he shouldn't be having his hair cut. So uh, according to the barber in the mm. paper, there's a few Newcastle players been there and really? had their hair cut. Maybe they've been listening to the podcast and hearing us. Possibly, yeah, but uh, <laughs> nobody else has been daft enough to put it on social media. Oh, what? So, so he put a picture of him at the barbers on social yeah, media, sort of stuff. So and his barnet's not normally that good anyway. Well, it might be now. Well, oh, so you're we keeping it so. as a potential barnet of the week. It's we just don't actually a, know what it looks like. Well, it's the subject of the barnet. Well, it's got to be a good barnet to break. Quite 
controversial that he's done that. So okay. I couldn't let the week go without that breaking news, really. Okay. Well, my Barnett, he isn't a current footballer in the league. He isn't a manager, well, a specific manager. He's not in a ref. He is the first team assistant. Had my eyes on him for a while. Coach at Southampton, Richard Kitzbickler. I think that's how you pronounce it. 47-year-old Austrian. I think he joined the Southampton coaching staff and towards the end of 2019 previously played for Red Salzburg um, Red Bull Salzburg Hamburg SV when he was a footballer and do you know what I think he is a footballer's version of George Clooney I'm just going to put it out there he's a bit of a silver fox got quite luscious graying hair who did you compare him to the other day Michael Sheen, didn't I? Yeah, you compared him to Michael Sheen. He said he looked like him. So, yeah, so just uh, got a nice Barnet, has he? So he's not breaking any rules as far as I'm aware anyway. So those were our two Barnets of the week. Ones to watch. There's some midweek matches in the Premier League. I've gone for Wednesday night, 6pm, Fulham versus Leicester. I think Fulham are actually playing pretty well at the moment and Mitrovic seemed to have quite a good role to play when they drew against West Brom 2-2. And obviously Leicester losing to Leeds on Sunday. So I just feel like it's going to be quite an interesting match. 2-1 actually, Fulham won it back in November. So yeah, I just think if Fulham have been playing quite good, still haven't been getting the wins though. So that should be quite an interesting match. And then also 8pm classic Spurs versus Chelsea, Mourinho against his old club. It was nil-nil back in November, very boring. So they won't have any cane by the looks of it. Just will be an interesting match. What do you reckon for Spurs versus Chelsea? Nil-nil again. Do you reckon? Oh, okay. Uh, what's your ones to watch for the championship? Championship, I've got a couple here. I've got uh, midweek match Rotherham Derby. Rotherham 22nd, Derby 18th. Derby won the last three, so getting going under Rooney now, starting to feel confident. So that'll be an interesting one. Rotherham up and down a little bit, as you heard from the rest of the year. The news and uh, Saturday you've got Middlesbrough Brentford. Brentford can they take their unbeaten run to nineteen games? Goodness me! And Middlesbrough seventh, like I said, they've only won one of the last three, so or one of the last five rather. They need something. So, come on, Brentford, can they keep that run going? League One again Tuesday six p.m. relegation clash. You got Swindon versus Wigan. Both teams um, won in their last three games and they're joint on points. I mean, you'd hope it, someone's going to get pick up some points there. Um, and then also 7pm on Tuesday, Charlton versus Portsmouth. So back to the top of the table. Charlton are 7th and Portsmouth are 5th. Obviously two of the bigger clubs within League One that are both would like to get back up into the championship. Just one point between them. And Portsmouth have lost their last two games. So yeah, I think that'll be a really interesting one to watch. Uh, and then into League Two, you've got second versus third midweek, Carlisle versus Forest Green Rovers. That'll be an interesting match. Oh, you've also got Exeter, Bradford, Exeter slipped away. Now they're in ninth, only won one in five. And Bradford have eight games unbeaten, beat Barry yesterday 2-1. Uh, only five points behind Exeter now, and they, uh, they've been talking it up and saying they're going to go for playoffs. And based on the last few matches, eight matches unbeaten, you'd probably believe that. So that'll be a good match. And then finally, in the National League on Tuesday... You've got third versus fourth, Stockport versus Sutton, all the S's. That'll be uh, an interesting match as well. Right, that's it for this week. We've had our roundup across the top five English divisions. We've had Barnets, we've had controversial Barnets that have been breaking the rules. You don't need to break the rule for your haircut. Who's your barber at the moment, Dad? Uh, the missus. (laughs) 
Right, we'll be back with some more football chants and rants with the plants next week. <laughs>